Well, we've been ministering on dominion, authority, and power. And uh, again, if I encourage everyone to listen to the message on this past Wednesday that Pastor Gabe uh, uh, ministered. Very strong, very good. And so uh, I, I have uh, another thing to share with that, but I want to uh, share a little context. You see a video. I've never, I've normally kind of shared, sto- I've normally shared stories, but this one was just placed upon my heart to actually show some video as far as for what took place. And I didn't realize that this was going to be a part of the message, but it was a shift um, while, while we were out there. So, uh, you know, yesterday was the first time that I had an opportunity to be going fishing with my daughters. It was just on my heart. It's like, man, you know, I want to take them fishing. You know, we didn't get a chance. You know, I've been thinking about it for a while. We didn't get a chance to do it during our family reunion over the 4th of July holiday. But it just came up on me real strong. And I'm like, man, you know, I need to go this weekend. We need to make it happen. And so this is a highlight of our time together uh, yesterday. So uh, if you could just draw your attention. But it's funny, you know, I've, I've gone fishing, you know, times before, and I went one time with Victoria where we were actually out on the water, water, and brackish waters. And so, you know, we were able to catch some bigger fish. But this is the first time having all three of my girls. And it was the first time that my youngest two, Soteria and Kazai, had ever gone fishing. And so it was just a special moment for me to be able to uh, just have this time with my daughters. But then when I was out there, you know, how, how God, again, is one of those things where afterwards he started speaking to me about that moment. And so it's very important. And so I want to talk a little bit. I'll give the title a little bit later. Um, but, of course, uh, how many of y'all have ever been fishing before? Anyone ever been fishing? Show of hands. It was something, you know, I showed the pictures to my parents. And then, you know, my mom, she reminded me about her mother who would go fishing, you know, quite a bit. She was like, oh, so the legacy continues. So it's good. My mom doesn't fish. But, you know, to be able to see my daughters and be able to do that, so it was great. So... Uh, one of the first things, you could just kind of just jot some things down and I'll share a little bit, some principles as it pertains to fishing, and I'll correlate this in a little bit. But while we were out there, uh, of course, we realized whenever you go fishing, you have to go fishing, <laughs> meaning that you have to go where the fish are. Point blank. <laughs> you have to go where the fish are. You know, one of the things that uh, it said, it, said it real briefly in the video, but we had a few um, uh, location changes. We had a few location changes. So uh, the first location, the spot was just, you know, a little bit too dirty <laughs> for the kids. We went out there, it was a bunch of brush, and then I saw some signs that said, you know, warning, you know, there's a pipeline going underneath, and I was like, eh, I don't, I don't wanna, you know, fish in that environment. I could by myself, that'd be fine. But to be able to have my daughters, I wanted this to be a a great experience for them. The second spot was just too close to the water. (laughs) It was where where boats kind of, kind of, you know, that little ramp. And so I stood up there and the water's kind of splashed. And I was like, yeah, that's going to be a little bit too much for the girls to see all that coming at them. The third spot was just too crowded. Went to this one state. I I had no idea that Ridley uh, State Creek Park was like a spot. So I was like, yeah, you know, I saw that we'll be able to do some streams, got there. It was parking and people all over the place, jogging in the water, trout fishing, the whole nine. And the girl's like, we could go another day. I was like, no, we're not going another day. (laughs) We are going today. We're just going to find another spot. And so this spot of all places was Smedley Park right there in Springfield, right down the street. And so it was a perfect spot. uh, for, for, for my daughters because it wasn't, it wasn't too much of this, it wasn't too much of that, but it was just a great environment. And here's the thing, I wanted my daughters to catch fish. 
I wanted to set them up. If they're going to go fishing for the first time, the whole point is to actually catch fish. And so when I went out there, I went out there, when we parked, I went out there, I just kind of took a look, and I saw just a couple of fish in the water. I was like, this will do right here. The girls were like, Daddy, are we ready? I was like, yep, we're ready. We can go. So we, we, so, uh, we wound up getting, getting our gear together and things, and uh, it wound up being a great time. I just want to make sure that I'm mindful of my time here. <laughs> Second thing, we want to make sure that you're in the right spot. We were in the right location, but you want to make sure that you're in the right spot. And so the spot that we were on, as you could see there, we were on this little bridge. We were on this nice little bridge, uh, nothing too, too big, nothing that was too high. But come to find out, this is a, a bridge where we were able to engage a lot of people. There was a lot of people crossing that bridge. But then just even co-relating it in the spirit, one, um, as it pertains to going where the fish are, we need to be where people are. It is awesome, it is, it is necessary for us to be able to gather together um, as believers. But in order for the gospel to be able to spread, we need to go where the fish are. We need to go where people are. We need to do things where, where people are going to be at. And then when we're in those situations, we want to make sure that we have the right spot right spot, meaning this, we were on a bridge. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm getting this down, I was like, okay, God, talk to me about the bridge. He was like, well, Christ is the bridge between the Father and mankind. And so one of the things that we wanna make sure is that we stay on Christ. When we are engaging people, we wanna make sure that we stay on Christ. Even when we talk to people about, uh, uh, about God, about our experiences, the message is always Jesus. We're always talking about Jesus because many people get a false representation about who he is. We want to make sure that we present him properly. We've got to present Jesus. We've got to present Jesus. And so don't jump off the bridge. <laughs> Stay on Christ. Here's the other thing. You want to understand your fish and bait. I had to do a little bit of research. I'm like, man, what kind of fish are in Pennsylvania? What kind, of fish are, what kind of fish are out there? So I'm doing some research and things of that nature, and I didn't. And clearly, there's a, a variety of fish. And there's a variety of things that you use uh, to catch these type of fish. But I'm like, well, God, we're just getting started, and we're not going to spend a whole bunch of money trying, trying to do all this. We're going to start off with something basic. So we didn't use any fancy lures. We had a little cheap little tackle box, but nothing fancy. Y'all know what we used? Bread. <laughs> we used bread. <laughs> Loaves of bread. I kind of looked at those fish and I was like, you know, they're about the size of my hand. And I was like, man, you know what? Because at first I, I gave Victoria a little, a little jig that something that looked like such and such. She threw it out there. And I'm like, man, you know what? That's not going to work with these fish. So we just kind of threw some bread out in the water just for a little bit. And next thing you know, we started seeing the fish bite the bread. And I was like, all right, girls, let's change plans. Let's put some bread on the hook. First time we tried it, you know, the, the bread started kind of falling off, got, gotten soggy. And I was like, we just started, started seeing the bread floating on down the little stream. And I was like, okay, let's, let's re-strategize again. Let, now, let me take the ball, take the bread, and let me kind of ball it up a little bit. Let me ball it up, pinch it, and then I hid the hook inside the bread. And then little fish started, started nibbling, but then the bigger fish, you know, they have bigger mouths. They would come, and then boom, 
And then they were all up on the hook. And then I could see it, and I was like, oh my gosh. And then it was cute, because cause I she couldn't tell that she had a fish. I can't see it. <laughs> but I was like, you got a fish, start reeling it in. So what it is, you want to understand what works. What catches people? What catches people? Use what you have to catch people. You have a story, you have a testimony. And then more than anything, you have love. As we lift Jesus up, and this is going to be key because the Lord is concerned about making sure that people hear the gospel. It seems simple, but that's what he came for. (laughs) That people hear the gospel. So the first thing, first principle was go where the fish are. Second, be in the right spot. Third, understand your fish and bait. And so I'm getting this down. I was like, okay, God, you know, explain this to me. He's like, this is where it comes in, the fourth thing. And this is what I didn't understand, but it wound up being very powerful to me, which is what we want to talk about today. Fourth thing, you have the authority to fish. So this is how it came about. I realized I had the authority to fish because I had my license with me declaring with me my ability to be able to fish on these grounds. So what I had to do, I had to purchase a fishing license. I wanted to make sure that I did this legally. I wanted to make sure that I operated within the parameters of the state laws of Pennsylvania. So if we're going to go fishing and we're not going to have somebody tapping on my shoulder saying, can I see your fishing license? And then my girl's going to be looking at daddy, what is he talking about? And I'm going to be like, girls, let's go. We weren't going to have that scenario. So I found out, okay, where do I get my fishing license from? Where do I get this authority from? So I went to, to the regulators of the state, and they said, hey, you can get your license from this place, this location, this location. This is how much it's going to cost. But again, I had now the authority to fish, and what they said, when you do this, when you go fishing, you need to make sure that you wear it so that way it can be seen. So my authority, so the kit that I had, it had something called your fisherman's license holder. I was like, okay, cool, that's something that I need. Because I'm in a Walmart, I'm like, man, I don't really know what I need right now. But I'm reading, I'm studying. And then, here's the cool thing about it. I was in an area where other fishermen were going to be at. So when they were coming, I'm sitting there looking, and now I'm asking them questions. So now... There's things that we can learn from other people that have already gone before us in this thing, in the gospel. As if, even as it pertains to ministry, we want to make sure that we glean from other people's experience so that way we can be even more efficient. So again, now I have my license <laughs> to go fishing. Mark chapter 1, verse 14, we'll start there. Something that we're familiar with. Mark chapter 1, verse 14. We'll start there. And then it says this, Now after John was put into prison, Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God, and saying, The time is fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. 
And as he walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Then Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. And I'm, so, and I'm reading from the New King James Version. They immediately left their nets and followed him. And then when he had gone a little farther from there, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were also who also were in the boat mending their nets. And immediately he called them and left their father Zebedee in the boat and the hired servants and went after them. So here's the thing about it. You have the authority to fish. <laughs> you have the authority to fish. You have the authority to go, to go get the people who God has been calling. It's not something that we have to back down from. It's not something that we have to shy away from. Here it was something that I think is very powerful um, that it says there in verse 17. Then Jesus said to them, follow me and I will make you become. I will make you become fishers of men. So we don't start off this way. We don't start off knowing how to fish the right way. <laughs> We don't start off understanding our authority, but it's something that the Lord blesses us with. So somebody just say right now, say, Lord, I thank you for making me become. Or we can even rephrase it, say, Lord, make me become a fisher of men. It's something that never stops. It's something that never stops because I realized we started on one level, but then it got to a point because I told the girls, I was like, girls, you know, there's bigger fish downstream. And after they started catching fish, our time was running, running low, but they were like, Daddy, we want to catch bigger fish. And I was like, okay, great. But now I'm like, okay, but we're going to have to have some different bait now. Because <laughs> bread ain't going to work for, for, for these fish that you want to catch, these little crumbs of bread. And then I know for me, because I was the one, as you can see, I was the one I asked him, did you want to take the fish off the hook? No, we're fine. So now I'm already planning, okay, they enjoy this time, but now for bigger fish, we gotta, we gotta become better at being fishermen. And so even as we fish for men, there's things that we wanna make sure that we're sensitive. God, I thank you for what you've been doing in my life, but Lord, I thank you that there's also more. That's one of the beautiful things about some people, you know, they, 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 they're, they're good with sharing the gospel, but the Lord's like, hey, you know what, man, you can share the gospel with demonstration. Meaning that there's, there's power that comes along with it. The Lord's like, man, I want to save them. I want to heal them. I want to deliver them. There's a whole lot that I want to do in their lives. So God, I thank you for helping me to become fishers of men. Jesus came preaching. The gospel is fought and saw these guys and called them. So even still, when we're out and about, it's like, now, Lord, I thank you for making me sensitive to who it is that you're calling because Jesus was there on the Father's agenda. Now, something, uh, what I did, I had to Google fishing places near me. Because <laughs> the only thing that I knew was like the Delaware River. And so then I did it, and there, now all these different places started popping up. And I was like, man, Lord, there were opportunities all the way around. I just didn't know until I started knowing to look until I started having the intention to catch. Then the opportunities started popping up all over the place. So now along with that, understanding our authority, it's like, God, I thank you, Lord, that now I'm of this mindset, you're looking to bring some people into the kingdom. And you're sending me 
who's equipped so that way these people can be caught the right way. They can be captured in your presence. That they can know your goodness, that, that, that way that they can know your glory. Now when we have this mindset, now we understand, man, everywhere we go, there's opportunities. Everywhere we go, there's opportunities all the time. When we're believers, when we're Christians, when we're following after Jesus, we understand, it's like, man, you know what? This isn't just something that's just a light thing, but now I actually have an authority. So now I can go anywhere in the state of Pennsylvania. And now what I realize as fishing, if, if I desire for my fishing level to grow, there's some additional steps that I need to, to go through to increase my authority. Woo! Here's the thing, because they were like, man, do you want to be able to catch trout? I was like, no, nah, we're going to start small. They were like, well, if you want to catch trout, you got to pay for an additional stamp that we stamp your license. So in other words, if you want to have more authority to catch even more, you just got to come up with another level. <laughs> but under, when you understand your authority, man, there are people waiting for you. Come on. Okay, so here we go. It's our response to hear the call and follow after him. Now, let me read verse 21. Then they went into Capernaum, and immediately on the Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and talked. And they were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. Now, there was a man in their synagogues with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, be quiet and come out of him. And when the unclean spirit had convulsed him and cried out with a loud voice, he came out of him. Then they were all amazed, so that they questioned amongst themselves, saying, what is this? What new doctrine is this? For with authority he commands even the unclean spirits, and they obey him. And immediately his fame spread throughout all the region around Galilee. We want to make sure that a word authority there is exousia, which is about the power or rule of government. Power or rule of government. And guess what? You have that. In the kingdom, Jesus blesses you with that. <laughs> it also says this, the power of him whose will and commands must be submitted to by others and obeyed. Now, here's what was very profound to me as I was reading and understanding about my authority that I have. Now, I realize this. <laughs> my daughters, they're underage. But I was the one with the authority. I was the one with the license. So now, because of this, my authority now becomes their authority. So as long as they are in my presence, they have the same level of authority to fish as I have. And as I go up, they go up. This is what's so beautiful. We don't have a lesser authority from Jesus. He says the authority that I have, look, I'm giving this to you. 
So now that takes on a whole nother weight when we're out and about moving around. When we're throughout our day, it's not just, it's not just us, but as long as we stay in his presence, we understand it's like, man, you know, I have authority. Scripture talks about this in one text. You don't have to turn there, but in Luke 10, Jesus sent out uh, 72, and they came back rejoicing. And they said, hey, man, you know what? Demons are subject to us. They were excited. And Jesus was like, yeah, that's true. That's good. But just be glad. You want to thank God that your name is written in the book of life. That's, that's where you want it to be at. So those were, again, some principles, just understanding that we need to make sure that we're where fish are. We don't want to make sure that we just exercise, hey, you know what, I, I got this authority, and then it's just relegated to just church. I've been to situations where people are, are very profound and very, very expressive. I'm trying to find a nice way to say this. <laughs> but they're very powerful. There we go. They're very powerful in church. But then once you get them outside of that, it's like... They don't have nothing to say. They can't rebuke nothing. There's no, there's no strength. There's no might. So we want to make sure, I want to, God wants to make sure, hey, your, your authority is not just on Sunday. Right, right, in church. It's not just on Sunday because, you know, we can get real strong. And, and we do all that kind of stuff in church. And I've heard people say this, but can't bust a grape outside of church. <laughs> so let's just say this. His authority, His authority. is my authority because he, he paid for it. That is so good. And this is my children that had my authority now. So now I'm hearing the father. He's like, son, you have my authority. He's like, look at it in the distance. You are licensed to travel across the whole entire world to catch people. To bring people into my kingdom. So now I don't have to say, man, you know what? God's only calling me to Pennsylvania. I, I, can, only, I can only be strong in, in Pennsylvania. Well, that's going to be real challenging to a whole other state that's about 15 minutes right down the road. Now, in the natural, the government can be, hey, do you have a license to fish here? And I can pull out and it's like, no, that's Pennsylvania. You can't fish here. But in the spirit, in the spirit, there isn't a boundary. Jesus said, go into all the world. So take the limits off even of yourselves. Peter had that issue. <laughs> He's like, man, you know what? I, the gospel is just for the Jews. And then Jesus had to give him a revelation and said, don't call anything unclean. And then here you get a person that's not a Jew that Peter has to go share the gospel with. And the Holy Spirit came and fell down on them. And Peter's like, whoa, so this gospel is for everybody. The Lord's like, yeah, that's what, that's what I died for. This is real. This is real because I've had this thought, not that I have it now, but you have this thought because, you know, you grow up culturally speaking around a cer certain ethnic group. And so now it's like, well, man, you know what? We, 
I got this thought will come to try to play it in my mind here, man, with these white people, but I'm a black person, and I wonder how they're going to feel about me. And then you go through all this type of stuff and then don't get the gospel because they white and you black. And so now you put up a wall and a barrier. The Lord's like, son, you got bread. They fish. So if that'll help somebody right now, if there's any cultural barrier that tries to come up where you think, man, you know what? Because trust me, as a matter of fact, let me just be real for this next few seconds. You can feel that kind of tension just as a quote unquote minority. Sometimes you could just feel, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm the only black person. We're just so aware I'm the only black person in this situation. I'm the only black person here. And then we get so aware of that. The Lord's like, Phew. get free. Get free. Get free. Black's beautiful, white's beautiful, brown's beautiful, yellow, red, all that's beautiful. Get free. You're here for a reason. Shucks, you black for a reason. You brown for a reason. <laughs> It's like, Lord's like, look, I want to use this to break down barriers. So open your mouth. Stop putting up these walls and trying to justify why you can't do something. I never said that. Someone just say, ah, right. <laughs> it's okay. You have authority. So, again, those are some of the principles. We got this authority. We need to make sure that we go where the fish are. Blackfish, whitefish, don't matter. Brownfish, yellowfish, redfish. We want to be in the presence. We want to make sure that we're in the right spot, in the right place. Stay on the bridge of Jesus. We want to make sure that we understand who, who we're talking to. Be flexible. <laughs> understand who we're talking to. Be flexible. And then understand again that you have authority. This is in context because, one, we just got to get the gospel out. That's what the church, one of the things that the church is called to do. We've been commissioned for this. And so there just has to be just another, um, I don't think it ever stops to where we're just always mindful, okay, God, what's your agenda? Who it is that you, who is it that you're calling that you got me here to speak your word to? Thank you, Lord. Here's some practical things about that that I had to learn here, and I'll share this with you. One, when we got out there, I had to know the depths of the water. I had to realize this because, you know, you have your hook, and then you have your floating device, and you have your sinker. If you're in deeper waters, then you need to have something that's heavier. But for where we were at, the waters were maybe two to two and a half, maybe three feet at its deepest point. So we didn't have to do all that kind of point because other than that, the bread would just be sitting at the ground. The hook would just be sitting all at the ground if I'm thinking that the waters are deeper. So we had to adjust. So now, in a practical sense, when we're sharing the gospel, you don't have to be deep all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Scripture says this in 2 Timothy, 2, chap 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 23 through 26. Sometimes I think we get too deep, and then the people are like, hey, what, what you talking about? We get overly eloquent, and then especially when we study and do a little bit of research, we just want to share that new thing. It's like, man, I got this new bait. Yeah, that don't work for this. It says this, have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. 
You know that breed quarrels. Some people love to debate and argue. Don't. Matter of fact, I'll share this with you. For someone who's had my bouts and rounds of apologetics and studied apologetics and, and did all that type of stuff, I've never had a situation, not saying that you can't, I appreciate apologetics. That's the defense of the gospel. Sharing with people what you believe, going with history and sciences and things of that nature where you go with the practical stuff as far as for just how the Bible relates to culture and things of that nature. Got all that. Cool. Nothing is beyond his presence. If you don't have his presence... Forget it. I remember one time, uh, you know, I had this outreach where on Wednesday nights we had this basketball Bible study. And when I say the hood would come out, the hood would come out. And we called it players. The hood would come out. It was me and like 60 dudes from the hood. It was from the hood because, you know, a couple of people, we didn't have no referees. It was just me, maybe one other people. And then, you know, for people that know, if you play street ball, when there's a foul, it, become an, it can become an issue real quick. I had a situation where people started getting on the phones. I'm gonna call my cousin to come pop you. He was like, whoa, 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 whoa. They was like, they was like, man, you know what, walk, because we respect you, we're gonna take this outside. I was like, okay, y'all take that back to the neighborhood then. But no incidents ever happened. Needless to say, that's why I shared that. <laughs> I presented, because it was moments where we'd have a halftime and I'd share the gospel. And there was one time when I shared it, and I was like, man, Lord, I'm preaching. And I knew, and I'm thinking to myself, this is so eloquent. I'm hitting all these points. And I was like, woo, for myself. And I was like, woo, yeah, man, God, this is just making, making such good sense. And then after I finished, is there anyone that wants to come receive Jesus? Everyone kind of just sitting on the sidelines, looking like, man, you finished? And I was like, Anybody? Anybody? Okay, close it out in prayer, and then they went on playing basketball again. And I was like, man, God, that was such a good message, man. And then another time, it was another instance where I was there, and I, maybe I got a little bit nervous, and I shared, shared the gospel again during the halftime because we just had a little break, and then I was kind of stumbling and, and muttering over words, and I was like, is there anybody that wants to receive Jesus? Next thing you know, some brothers start looking around, get up off the seat, coming up. And there's about five dudes that prayed. And I'm like, wow. So we prayed right there in the half court in the circle. They received Jesus. And then afterwards, and I was like, man, God, I was all jacked up. Like, what I was saying didn't even make sense. But he was like, but I was in it. It was my presence. Look, don't get caught up in a bunch of foolish arguments. Don't get caught up on social media trying to debate Jesus. Don't. Just stay on Jesus and keep him moving. If they wanted to go to that whole, well, what about in such and such and, and blase, blase, blase? It's like, look, God bless you. And then here's the beautiful thing about it, man, especially just as our authority grows and we just become even more sensitive, we could just shake it through. God, you got a word for them. Because while they're trying to debate history, the Lord could give you a word of knowledge to where they'd be like, uh, how you know? How you know that about my life? And then next thing you know, all that goes out the window. And now Jesus is there to deal with their life. So again, don't be all deep. <laughs> don't be all deep. Here's another thing about it. 
uh, with that situation, my, one of my daughters, when they were casting, they, were, uh, they, they uh, had their fish line caught on a log. So now when you get caught on a log, which is what those debates can do, I'm sitting here pulling, and ain't nobody catching no fish. So now what we had to do, we had to cut the line and reset everything. Turn to somebody, just encourage them, don't get stuck. Don't get stuck. <laughs> Real practical. But if it just gets stuck on a certain things, like, man, you know what? I can tell that this situation, maybe even I drifted because she was doing her thing. And next thing you know, it's like, dad, dad. Because at first, when you pull, you can feel like you got a fish on the line. Because you're pulling and it's a tug at the end. You feel like, oh, man, this is it. You keep on pulling, you realize, oh, man, this thing's stuck on a log. This, this conversation is going nowhere. So now, Holy Spirit, bring me back to what it is. What is your heart on this matter for this person? Real practical. But it is so key. It happens. Bible says this, he who wins souls is wise. And so these are, these are things that we've learned, that we learn. Even when, we ex even when we're exercising our authority, do you know that there's things that you have to grow in? You have to grow in this thing. Second practical step, there's a difference between casting versus dropping your line. Casting your line, you just throw it way out there. Dropping it, you just drop it. Now here's the thing, the way it came to me. <laughs> even for this, I was like, okay, God, what's, what's that about? Don't try to broadcast and try to be a media darling or super huge. Uh, yeah, I got to say that again. Don't try to broadcast that word, try to broadcast, because some people like to try to get all big and haven't even really ha have a firm foundation in ministry and in their relationship with the Lord yet. Because today, social media can make it real easy for you to be a quote-unquote brand or for you to be quote-unquote to look like that you are a minister and you got all this kind of stuff going on, but then there's no weight. So make sure that we have a firm foundation. So here's how it showed up. My daughter, what she did, she, she had one of her lines, and she actually threw her line. And when she threw her line, she lost her bread. She lost her, her bait. She lost it. And then I, and I looked at Victoria. I was like, oh, Victoria. I was like, no, we're not doing that kind of fishing. I was like, where we are right now, all you have to do is simply drop your line, and the fish are already there. The fish are already there. So ministry starts with the people that are right in front of you. Ministry starts with the people that are right in front of you. I put this in a rap some years ago, and a homie of mine, he, he reminded me of it. He said it was something that really jumped out to him. But it, the line, my line went like this. Oh, that's sweet. I never thought about it. A rap line is a line. That's what, that's what we call it in a rap. Fishing line, rap line. Got it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because we're throwing out lines all the time. So it says this, a little compromise just to get some major fame to reach the world. I'd rather reach who God puts in my range. I say that again, a little compromise just to get some major fame to reach the world, but I'd rather reach who God puts in my range. Meaning some people is like, man, I want to reach the world. But then they compromise to do it. 
It's like, well, no, that's, that's not the goal there. If you're compromising just to say that, well, Lord, I'm, I'm broadcasting the message, the Lord's like, look, I, I can still bless them, but I got to deal with you. So it's a heart thing. So we want to make sure that we're reaching who's in your community. Who's on the job that needs to know Jesus? Somebody just say Jesus. I just need to say that for a moment because uh, let me just pause in that because it's real comfortable to say God. <laughs> it's real comfortable to say God. When you say Jesus, it's a whole nother ball game. It's a whole nother ball game. <laughs> so just say Jesus one more time. <laughs> it's funny, I thought about that line in Lion King. Say Mufasa, <laughs> say it again. <laughs> When you say Jesus, man, demons are like, ooh, don't say that again. <laughs> it's authority in that name because we had just watched The Lion King not too long ago. We're going to have, we're gonna have a, a time where we just deal with the authority of the name of Jesus. I think that'll be good. He thinks that'll be good. <laughs> so again, just drop your line. Preach right where you are. You don't have to have one of these to preach. I've seen some people, uh, you know, it's just stuff that I've noticed. Some people, they were like, man, you know what? The only time where they were really geared up to evangelize and share the gospel was when they got called on the missions field. Meaning when they were going overseas. They're like, oh, man, I got to get ready to share the gospel. I'm like, so what you going to do when you get back? <laughs> How, how are you preparing now? This is stuff that I've just seen this in my walk. The, the Lord's like, okay, now take note of that. I don't want you to have that kind of attitude. I don't want you to have that perspective where the only time that you want to get in my presence and get ready to be used of the Lord is when you got to get ready to go overseas. The mission field is not a quote-unquote foreign country. As soon as we step out of these walls, it is the mission field. <laughs> your family is a mission field I know that is an amen right there some of y'all are like good lord my family is a mission field come to find out I was like man I've never had this happen before but you know I've been a part of two different family reunions this summer so now it brought my attention I was like okay so this is significant my family had a family reunion which we haven't had before Y'all know a family reunion doesn't mean funeral. A lot of families don't understand that. We came to that revelation, hey, let's get together just because we family. Whew. So, and then uh, my wife's side of family, and I walked into place, and I was like, oh, this is a family family reunion. And interestingly enough, when we walk in there, we see some people that come up to us in a family reunion place now, right? And then we see them, and these are people that we knew that we went to the same church in Virginia. And I'm looking, because I'm pausing, I'm like, wait a second, I know we're at a family reunion, what are you doing here? <laughs> we family. <laughs> I'm sitting here and I'm like, oh, my mind was blown like the rest of the night. I'm just sitting here just trying to process 
It's like, man, we were at this church for like how many years? And they were there not realizing that my wife and this person were distant, distant cousins. And then we wound up talking. He's like, okay, we found out the connection. We found out the clue. You need to make sure you're doing right by people. You could be going off on family. You might show up at a family reunion and be like, oh, my Jesus. And they're going to be like, oh, you saved? Really? Really? <laughs> oh, you a Christian? Mm-hmm. And they're going to be whispering at aunt or uncle such and such at the table. Yeah, I saw them the other day when they were such and such and such and such. You should have heard what they said about me or what they said to me. <laughs> Oh, wow. Yeah, we just need to make sure because when we fish, our testimony is such a big deal. Our very lives are witness. <laughs> I had to tell my daughters when we were standing on the bridge, I was like, girls, you have to be quiet. Because first we were walking all across the bridge like the three billy goats. They were clap, clap, boom, boom, boom. I was like, girls, shh. The fish are watching us. We don't want our lives to be all noisy and messy. Y'all caught that? We don't want our lives to be all noisy because otherwise you're going to scatter the fish. And then when you try to drop our lines to be a witness, the fish are going to be like, uh uh. I ain't dealing with none of that. I done heard and seen everything that you was doing up there. No. We just gonna chill under this bridge. Yeah, we see your bread, but we saw your life. <laughs> we heard what you were saying, but we heard what you were saying when you try to get up in our environment. But when you was quote unquote standing on Christ, the bridge, you was all noisy and messy. So someone just say, shh. <laughs> We want to make sure that our lives are peaceful before the Lord. And even if it is a rocket, be like, Lord, I thank you for just peace. Peace, because my life. Because my life. <laughs> I don't want to say this. <laughs> okay, how can I say this? Just even relationally, let there be peace. I'll share it like this looking up, because it's true. People are watching even what we, no, I can't look up. People are watching what we do in our relationships. It was amazing, okay, thank you, there we go. Okay, now I'm cool now. Because my wife and I, Come to find out, our relationship has been blessing people and has been a witness to a whole bunch of fish we didn't even realize were watching us. When we weren't married, people watched how we interacted. When we got married, people watched how we interact. When we raised, when we're training our children, people are just watching. And they're like, oh, yeah, I, I like that. I can latch on to that. I like that bait. I like that presentation. I like that genuineness. And so what God wants to do, he's like, man, you know what? I want to make sure that you are good fishers of men. 
Because while they're going out fishing, he's still cleaning them too. It's not like the disciples. The disciples did not have it all together when he called them. He called some, some very unique personalities. That's a good way to say that, right? He called some very unique personalities. And I'm sure they were a crew, all 12 of them, from different walks of life. The Lord's like, hey, I called them. And they said this, when they heard the call, they left, their, they left what they were doing and then immediately followed Jesus. You got to leave what you've been comfortable with and familiar with. It's like, well, man, God, this is what I know. He's like, I know. I'm trying to increase your knowledge. I want you to know there's more about me that I want you to know. Because I'm, I'm good, and you just need to know how good I am. You thought that was good? Oh, there's so much more goodness that you need to experience and know. Yeah. We want to understand that it's his harvest. It's his harvest. So it's not an option whether or not we, we go out. Well, Lord, I just don't feel led to share the gospel. If that thought ever crosses your mind, just know that that is not a thought from God. That thought is a plant to keep you passive. It's a seed to keep you passive. You have to go out. We have to go out. We have to share, someone say his name again, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Luke 10, verse 1 and 2. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others and sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. So Jesus sent them out to places where he's about to go. So you understand. So whether it's marketplace or certain industries and things of that nature, it's like, Lord, why am I in this industry? Why am I in this thing of that nature? Why do I have this leaning? Because you need to go there because that's the place where I need to be at. Yes. Whether it's education, whether it's entertainment, whatever the case may be. He's sending you to be a representative of him because that's where he wants to be. And then he said to them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest, the Lord of the harvest, the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into what? His harvest. So he was like, look, this is my harvest. <laughs> I need you to be a laborer. So now what you need to do is pray to the Lord Lord, I thank you, because here's the thing. It's like, Lord, I thank you for sending laborers. Lord, I thank you for sending laborers. And we always kind of pray that out. <laughs> Lord, I thank you for sending, I thank you for sending, sending laborers to, to, to go reap into the harvest. Lord, send, bless them, God. Strengthen them, Lord. Lord, give them the words to say. Thank you for the anointing that is upon their lives. The Lord's like... All that is good. But <clears throat> <laughs> <clears throat> are you not a laborer? 
Okay, here's the other thing. This is good. It's, it's strong, but it's good. Maybe we've been laboring in certain areas. Some things have been such a struggle because we haven't been doing what he's called us to do. He's like, I have a labor for you. You're laboring too hard at the wrong thing. Or this has become such a labor, such a challenge for you because you haven't, you've gotten off the bridge, you've gotten off the mission. You've gotten off of my purpose and calling for your life. God is always about people. Life don't got to be that hard. <laughs> right. His yoke is easy and his burden is life. Light. <laughs> I'm just hearing the Lord just like, you don't have to struggle. Someone just received that whisper right now. You don't have to struggle. You don't have to struggle. It's like, man, we got to exchange burdens. <laughs> yeah, we got to exchange yokes. So just get back on mission. Get back on mission. Get back on purpose. One of the things, not that we've even necessarily planned for it, but one of the things my wife and I, I just noticed just recently, just as we've just been digging more, hey, we've been praying more together. As we've been calling things in, we've just been touching and agreeing together. Because it's easy to coach and like, yeah, you know, we've been married, we've been coming up on 15 years, woohoo! And we can celebrate that. But then you can't just rest in that. We can't just coast even in our relationship with the Lord. It's like, no. So in other words, let me, let me just get back to that whisper. You don't have to struggle. People are like, man, the struggle is real. It's like, man, the struggle ain't supposed to be yours. <laughs> and we like that, man. Man, whew, the struggle is real out here. Well, it's like, Why? And then when you come to grips with why, then just give it to him. It's like, Lord, show me why am I struggling. It's like, God, okay, Lord, we just, we just got to correct this. <laughs> and he helps us correct it. He's not like spanking and, and like boom, boom, boom. He's like, no, I don't want you to struggle. In any area, granted, we grow and we learn and we develop and we strengthen, but struggle ain't it. <laughs> Somebody just say that, struggle ain't it. Struggle yeah, yeah, we ain't about that struggle life. <laughs> All right? If you could just give me a few more minutes here. So, Prophetically speaking, just even about this whole event, when we were first out there, a bike rider came by and asked, did you catch anything? My reply was, no, we're just getting started. I was just getting things together. I, we were just getting started. So he rode past the bike, and then he came back the other way. Catch anything still? No, not yet. 
But several people came across the bridge, but later two gentlemen came by, much later two gentlemen came by and said the same thing. Did you catch anything? My answer then was yes. So now prophetically speaking, just keep fishing. Just keep dropping the lines. Keep releasing your bread. Keep at it. That's why some people are like, man, I don't like fishing. It's boring. Because I'll never catch nothing. You just got to know how to fish. <laughs> you just got to be in the right spot. You got to have the right bait. You got to know what you're fishing for. But again, just keep fishing. Just keep dropping your lines. Your bread is working. Your word, your voice has a flavor that fish are waiting for. Like, you have something that people are waiting for. Shucks, my wife... <laughs> She got what I need, and I got what she needs. <laughs> Think about it. I might have to have a song. She got me hooked, baby. She got me hooked, baby. <laughs> You set the bait for me. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is so funny. <laughs> Here's another thing, prophetically speaking, you might simply need to try the other side. My daughter, my oldest didn't catch a fish until she just went on the other side of the bridge and then she caught two. She got stuck on the log on the other side. She got stuck on the other side, but then it's like, she's like, Dad, can I just go on the other side of the bridge? I was like, yeah, all you got to do is just turn. <laughs> 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 just, just drop your line. <laughs> and then, boom. Maybe some of the things that you're working on, it's like, man, you know, I just need to, I just need to make a turn just right here. Just need to just adjust this one thing in my life, just make this one adjustment in my attitude. Just need just one, just. Okay, you are just one turn away from that struggle being over. Someone just stand up right now. Let's just do this prophetically. Just do this prophetically. Everyone face this way. And then all I want you to do is just turn. <laughs> And then just as an act, just drop your line, just drop your line, just drop your line right there. Thank you, Lord, for that turn right there in the name of turning attitude, turning disposition, turning understanding in Jesus' name. You may take your seats. <laughs> Third thing, people are looking for evidence, and your very life, prophetically speaking, will be the picture for others to see. So again, there was those two gentlemen, they were just saying, because you know, I showed them a picture, and they were glad they asked me if we caught anything, because they were just asking, were there any fish in there? And they were like, man, did you catch anything? I was like, oh yeah, we, we did. Here's a picture of what it looks like. So in other words, God wants your life to be the picture of, of, uh, and evidence of his presence. It's like, look, this is what it looks like when you get caught. It's not a bad thing. <laughs> Yeah. 
when you get caught up in his presence, it's good. And then again, you know, it was just a history-making moment for my family because it was just such a, it was my joy to be able to take them fishing because we have never done that before as in Daddy and his children. And it was their first time, and they were like, Daddy, thank you so much for taking us fishing. Thank you so much, Daddy, for taking us fishing. I'm like, man, I was like, yeah. They appreciated that. I set, in essence, he set it up for me, and then I set it up the whole environment for, for them to be able to catch fish. So when you share the gospel with people, just understand, this is a setup. This is a setup by the Father. And it's an exciting thing. I don't know if anyone has ever had the opportunity, many have, and if you haven't had the opportunity to be able to pray personally, to be able to lead somebody into a relationship with the Lord Jesus, I pray that for you now. That you experience that, that joy, that privilege, that excitement to see what God does in a person's life. Quick testimony. Uh, my wife and I, uh, when we were with the Browns and they came up, we were in Philly in Love Park. And um, there was these two gentlemen that were there. And my wife stood and looked at one gentleman. She was like, man, they just look real familiar. So she just started talking and having a conversation with them. And then come to find out it wasn't someone that she knew, but real nice, good-looking guys, too. Uh, just around 22, 21 age. And so realizing that it wasn't someone that we, that she knew. So conversation was over, but they were still there because now we were filming something about Love Park in the background, getting ready for an event that we were going to do. And so uh, I saw that look. She kind of just paused and said, and I was like, what's up, babe? She's like, I, I, I don't know. I just think something just, I just like I need to do something. And so next thing I know, she's over there just talking to the guys, you know, by herself. She just starts talking to them. So then I kind of just mosey my way on over there um, because my wife is fine. And then <laughs> mosey my way on over there <laughs> just to let them know. It's like, hey. But then I, no, I understand that there was a mission, mission going on as well. And I want to make sure that they didn't take anything out of context when love is coming forth. <laughs> I think I, that wasn't even fully intentional, but it just kind of came out. But anyways, so now I go there, and then I'm hearing what's going on, and now they're kind of telling their story. And uh, I said, it's like, man, so, because they told me what school they went to. It was a Christian university out on the West Coast. And I was like, oh, so y'all are believers. One of them said, yeah, I'm a believer. And we kept on the conversation, but I recognized the other one didn't say yeah. So then, as we were kind of talking, and I just asked him, I was like, man, so, so where are you at in your relationship with Jesus? He was like, man, you know what? I've all, he said this specifically, I've always been open to the idea. And then I said, oh, well, you know what? Let's just pray right now. He's like, would you mind if we prayed right now for you to come into a relationship with Jesus? He was like, sure. Just like that. And here's the thing. And I was like, man, if, if had I not said anything, that could have been an opportunity to fish that was just right there. The Lord's like, look, I needed him to. It's like he went to a Christian university and everything, but didn't have a relationship with Jesus. So don't assume 
anything. <laughs> you might need to turn to someone now, not that you have to, but it's like, man, are you saved? <laughs> like, Do you know Jesus? And it's not in a bad sense, because some people look at it in the negative. Are you saved? No. It's like, man, do you know Jesus? Man, have you been captured in his presence? It's like, man, come on. Man, I have, man. Man, this is the best decision, the most important and best decision you can make in your life. So we prayed with him right there on the spot and just kind of just shared. And I told him, it's like, man, because he didn't have the Bible app. And I was like, man, you can have a Bible with you all the time. Boom. So now I'm thinking, God, because she had that little moment, it's like, hmm. She was listening to an opportunity. And then I'm like, okay, babe, I, I know that look. What's up? What you hearing? What you got? Because it's something that I didn't necessarily catch, but she got it. Now then I come in and share, oh, boom. She talked to this one person. I caught the other guy, and God is so faithful. And guess what? All the glory goes to him. All the glory. Come on, salvation. When people get saved, and guess what? Some people, some people will reject. And people say, nah. Some people will get mad. They'll be offended. It's okay. Guess what? They're not rejecting you. That's why that deliverance is just so key. When we get over ourselves, we realize, man, you know what? They're not rejecting me. Well, I just want them to love Jesus. It's okay. You can't love them more than Jesus does. You just plant the seed. Plant the seed. Or you come into water. And God, God will give the increase. One thing that I, that I just encourage, especially, and I don't even think you have to necessarily be quote-unquote led all the time to do this. Because we're going to have an opportunity even this Wednesday at Dining Under the Stars to just fish. We're going to have an opportunity this Wednesday just to fish, share people with Jesus, share, share Jesus with people. <laughs> and then we just never know as we're just dropping our lines and just blessing people who... We'll come across and say, man, you know, I've always been open to the idea. I didn't know what to do. Because guess what? People don't know how to get saved. <laughs> there always has to be someone that's sent. <laughs> so now for us, and I think it's just healthy for us, to, to, and I know because I've heard different testimonies, just even different people just having their own encounters and, and people saving, people getting saved. So I'm just saying, let's keep this going and let's just do this just even as a body. Like, I was encouraged just with a testimony. I think it was Elder Gary. is a young gentleman. I think a car got broken down or, or something. And you said, what was that? Oh, okay. An old, an old guy. God be saving old people. Thank you, Jesus. Old and youngers. I'll be blessing God for sa saving old people. It's like, whoo, thank you, Lord. You got them before they left. Man, God will get them right before they die. They can say something. They can live like hell and be on their deathbed right before, on the deathbed, so to speak, right before their last breath. Jesus, Jesus. Whew. I just heard stories. I got family. I know. Thank you, Lord. Let's stand. <laughs> <laughs> Father.
First one, I just want to make this declaration again. We could just lift up our hands. We could just lift up our hands. One, I just make this declaration and this pronouncement, and then you could say it after me if it applies. And if it doesn't necessarily apply to you, if you say that it can recognize that it applies to someone in a relationship to you, um, send that word to them. But again, I heard this because this was kind of a download, but the struggle is over. Somebody just say that again. The struggle is over. The struggle is over. Again, you could take that very word and release that to someone else. Because uh, you know, wow. Yeah, because it'll actually be now a prophetic word that you release to someone else's life. And that'll, uh, you just release it. It's like, man, I just hear God saying for your life that the struggle is over. And I'm just seeing right now that in that moment, that person is going to break. I mean, that it, God, because that word, I think that'll be a word for everybody to just release. And then whoever he places upon your heart to release that too. Because he'll kind of point it out and he'll be like, oh yeah, um, I remember that word. If he brings it back to your remembrance, it's for that person. Thank you, Lord, because that's a word of wisdom right there. So now release, release that word of knowledge. When you share that with that person, the struggle is over. That'll be an opportunity for, and God will come through. You don't even have to figure out what you're going to say next. He'll it'll just end that moment. It'll, it could be just a breakdown in their heart. They could just start crying, and you could just say, man, do you want to receive Jesus? You don't have to say nothing else after that. If they want to receive Jesus, and then you just lead them into the Lord. You don't got to get into anything else. But the struggle is over. The struggle is over. Yeah. Now, God, I thank you for adding weight to that word. And I will do this as well. If you're in here, and if you've never received Jesus Christ into your life, as Lord and Savior, if you've never prayed that prayer to receive Jesus Christ into your life as Lord and Savior, man, here's a great opportunity right now. I want to make this invitation for you to come be a part. Just say yes. <laughs> Just say yes. Just say yes. And if that's you, if you've never received Jesus, if you've never prayed that prayer, uh, then you could come forward at this time. I'm telling you, it'll be the celebration of a lifetime. <laughs> It'll be an eruption and cheering going on. That's actually what'll happen. And then what'll take place, man, we'll just pray. God, it's a supernatural thing. Well, God will come into your life through a prayer, but then it's a transformation that takes place immediately. And so if that's you, if you never prayed that prayer to receive and say, man, Jesus, you know what? I need you in my life. Or maybe if you've prayed that prayer and, you, and you've gotten off track, you drifted off, you drifted apart. Maybe you got stuck, like maybe you got stuck in life. And the Lord is drawing you now. If that's you, then I want to encourage you to come forward. And he just wants to get you back, back on track. It's not a guilt thing at all. It's grace and mercy. That's what it is. It's not guilt. It's grace with this. It's love. The Father so loves you. He's like, look, my plan for you is not to drift. It's like, man, I want you, I want you back in my presence. So if that's you, man, it's like, man, you know, I, I, I know I prayed, but... Uh, to receive Jesus as Lord, but I got off track, but I want to get back on track today. Man, we'd love to be able to pray with you, pray for you in this moment. There's another thing. If you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the ability and evidence of speaking in tongues, it is awesome. It is an awesome experience that God has that's available for everyone who's saved, for everyone who's received Jesus. And if that's you, then I encourage you. And trust me, the thing that I love about it, his presence is so strong in this house, it don't even take long. When I say it doesn't take long at all, it does not take long at all. You can leave just with a greater empowerment to actually be able to share the gospel. 
That's found in Acts. It's a greater empowerment to share the gospel when the Holy Spirit comes on you and rises up in you in that manner. And then if you just want to join this church, be like, man, you know, I'm, I'm feeling this. Right? I'm just hearing the call of God. This is where I need to connect. This is a great season to join. So any one of those, I just encourage you to come forward at this time. We'll be able to pray with you, pray for you. Be a blessing in your life because the struggle is actually over. It is. And it's great to stay connected to a place so that way you don't get caught back up in struggle. We just want to feed you, encourage you. Because it can happen where you get freed up and you get caught up in struggle again. We don't want that for you. But that's just through connection and and, and growth. And so any one of those telling you God so loves you, you're here for a reason to hear this call. So I want to encourage you just to say yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We bless you, God. Glory to God.